0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today we'd like to send a special thank you to the following restaurants for supporting No Goat Left Behind. Fatty Q, Fatty Q Brooklyn, and Fatty Crab Downtown. Show your support at these restaurants by ordering one of the menu items featuring goat, Goat is the most eaten protein in the entire world, yet in the U.S. we import most of our goat. Our dairy farms are forced to kill some male goats at birth because there's no market for them. Help make a change. Support No Goat Left Behind. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Boys, I'm
2: Mellon the Honeydew. Cat is high, look, that look in his eye. Oh man, he's high, yes higher than a kite. That cat is high, look that
3: You're listening to The Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. In the studio today, we have a new buddy of mine, U.S. Ambassador for Hendrix Gen,
4: Jim Ryan. Welcome to the show, Jim. Hello. Thank you, Damon. Hello, world. How you doing out there? <laughs> I won't wait for an answer. <laughs> they might call in. You never know. It happens sometimes. Happy to be here, though. This is great. Yeah. Um, man. I remember, I was just saying outside, I remember watching, I've kind of watched this place come up, and being at Roberta's, and it's really, really exciting is, uh, to see something happen out in this neighborhood. I've lived out in New York, in Brooklyn, for eight years, so um, it's really great to see out, uh, out here. This was the first neighborhood I was going to move to, mm-hmm. um, but I... I was deterred. I was like, "No, it's too far away from the city. I can't do it. I don't know if I'm ready to move <laughs> out all the way out that way in Brooklyn." And now it's like a destination. So. Yeah, exactly. Now it's its own little city. Yeah, completely, absolutely.
3: So yeah, man. Uh, so you've been
4: you've
3: been living here eight years. Say? Ten, ten, ten in this,
4: ten um, in in the city, and in two in in, this, in Manhattan, and mm-hmm. eight in the rest in uh, in Brooklyn. Cool. Yeah, Greenpoint, Williamsburg, represent. Nice. <laughs> and how long have you been working with Hendrix Gin? <laughs> uh, three years. Um, I just celebrated my little th- alone three-year anniversary um, with Hendrix. Before that, I was a bartender, uh, beverage manager, director. Um, the last job I had was actually in Williamsburg at uh, Dressler Dumont and Dumont Burger. So oh, yeah. I opened Dressler and kind of worked my way up through the ranks there and um they were really cool to me and kind of let me do whatever I wanted to and um, regardless of, you know, the cost or the the repercussions and I learned a lot, taught myself a lot that way. So um, I was uh, looking to do something different um, and uh, I wasn't going to become independently wealthy overnight. (laughs) So um, I kind of fell into this I brand life uh, with Hendrix, uh, literally over a Sazerac and a bowl of gumbo in New Orleans. That's kind of <laughs> how it all, and there's no better way that I could think about it really happening or going down that way than that way. And um, I haven't really looked back since. It's been a really, really wild ride. And um, one of the things I asked myself when I was thinking about this job, you know, when it was sort of like <clears throat> I had to decide, I was like, is this something that I can, I can do? Can I do this? Is this like, can I get up early, stay out late, travel a bunch, um, meet a bunch of amazing people and, you know, talk about this, this, this Mm -hmm. particular liquid. And the answer was, yeah. Um, And then I asked myself, the next question was what else, what other ones could I do this with? And I honestly don't remember now, Three years ago, there were like one or two, but I, they're, they're probably defunct brands by now. I have no <laughs> idea what what they are. Um, so it's it's uh, it it's a uh, it keeps me creative and still keeps me um, even though I may not sound so sharp, it still keeps me <laughs> relatively uh, sharp.
3: Well, you've been uh, you've been on the road pretty hardcore have, for yeah. the, the last well three years, but especially yeah. the last week or so.
4: Yeah, it's been wild. Um, I'm pretty convinced that if I were a touring musician, I would fail on the road, (laughs) miserably. Um, But somehow, uh, you managed to pull it together. So this past weekend, some New York bartender friends of mine and I, uh, we went down to Annapolis, and every year, the sleepy town of Annapolis, Maryland, just goes absolutely bananas for this sailboat show. And there are, like, thousands of massive sailboats, and, of course, there's also way more people than boats, So we were there, and we had an opportunity to um, present Hendrix to these folks, and we'd done it in years past, and we usually have a big yacht there that we sort of charter out, but the yacht wasn't available to us this year, so we got a barge, (laughs) Um, which actually worked out better because it's just flatter, and there's more... surface area to put weird Hendrix kind of stuff, like weird taxidermied stuff, or we brought all of our botanicals from the distillery in Scotland there and sort of had an interactive like botanical moment for all the guests too. But, uh, the, the meat and potatoes of it is that, you know, we're sampling Hendrix gin cocktails. We did seven different drinks, um, all of them ranging from, you know, probably what everyone will try first with with gin being a G and T or a martini, onto um cla- like a classic. We did a Floradora variation, which is just uh gin, lime, um, raspberry syrup, and ginger. We we juice some fresh ginger in this one and topped it with ginger beer just to give it a bit more spiciness, yeah. liveliness with it. Um, we did a delicious punch. Um, and the punch is actually a if you 're ever doing events for a lot of people it 's just a killer way to crush through a crowd of yeah. people we We went through twenty thousand cocktails this past Jesus. weekend in three days it was It was insane and then um how many did your guest drink uh, <laughs> well well <clears throat> Actually, probably closer to 20,000. I I know the
3: bartenders that were there, and I know that they could... Yeah, I know.
4: There's completely incriminating material that's being (laughs) said about them right now, but they'll remain nameless, um, at least until we finish this shot of warm gin. So... um, yeah, honestly, most of the guests probably drank that because we were more akin to just like tipping the bottle. Although <laughs> the the serve of the weekend, um, one a Hendrix cocktail that we've been making in our little world for quite some time is a, just we call it an unusual Negroni. It's equal parts Hendrix, delay, and Aperol. and they all those ingredients complement each other really well. Uh, if, if it were Campari, it would probably get a little too too, too cloying, too yeah. bitter. Um, but uh, this one works really well. But we weren't, this was not one of the drinks that we were serving, but we happen to have a lot of those three ingredients around. So um, we made uh, a, a trio shot called the writ of habeas corpus <laughs> that was a small serve of each one. And you would toast in the spirits, uh, local sort of toast. So it'd be, you know, for Italy for, for, for um, excuse me, for France and then for America, so that you'd just give a, a toast in a different language. Uh, that was the serve of the weekend for the bar staff, myself included, and all the folks that were helping us out, and uh, I think it worked out pretty well for us. Uh, we all made it back to New York in one piece, as far as I know. <laughs> um, I got back at six in the morning today, and uh, I've slept most of the day, but... Um, it's pretty pretty nice and gloomy out here now, so it's 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 a yeah. perfect day to be back in New York. <laughs> but yeah, that was my weekend in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nice. Yeah. And and these are <laughs> these are the kind of things that, that the brand Hendrix does a lot of. I mean, you guys are all over the place.
4: Yeah. Um some there's we always try to um uh, bring this this gin to life. Um and luckily we have a, a really dialed-in world around it that sort of Victorian, Edwardian, sort of Jules Verne-ish inspired, Um, and that that lends a lot of character already, and we can just sort of build from there. So when I started with Hendrix, the identity was already sort of out there, and it really has helped just to sort of play off of and there's a lot of jump off points so for for bartender events we've been doing uh croquet tournaments around the country for Mm -hmm. the past past three or four four years now and those have grown to a really great uh reception um and then we have uh some more sort of Customer or consumer focused things as well, um, and those are those are oftentimes actually one of the the most exciting things that I've done. Um, we've brought this. Uh, we've what we've what we've created uh, the delightfully. Let's see if I can get this right. I delightfully peculiar cocktail academy with Hendricks gin. So the way that this works is, <clears throat> uh, we'll come to a city. Mostly myself, and we'll have a few a few folks that look after help out on an agency level, and we'll we'll partner. We'll have a media partner. Um, for example, we were just in D.C. and D.C.ist was a partner. We've partnered with the Onion and a few other other areas as well. And they'll reach out to their their base of uh, of people that are signed up to their newsletter and say, if you're interested in a in a secret Hendrix event, uh, right back within the next. It used to be the first day, but now since it's the second year we've done, it, it's like right back within the next hour, and the first fifty people will get more information. Mm-hmm. They show up uh, in two waves of twenty-five. We never have more than twenty-five at a time, just because it's extremely like hands-on uh, engagement with with these people. That no most you'd be surprised how little most folks know about about making drinks, mm-hmm. and this is a great way to. Bring it to them. So we take a journey through a gimlet. So we take a sort of modern variation on a classic. So we're using equal parts fresh lime and simple syrup, and and you know twice as much Hendrix gin. So one one two sort of mm-hmm. uh, recipe. And then <clears throat> as as we evolve it, we take the um, the simple syrup out and. The idea is to highlight botanicals in Hendrick's Gin, which is a, a great way for bar, that bartenders think about using particular gins and cocktails, like highlighting right. moments that it's got going on in there. I mean, it's just like you, you, if you think of a gin as, as a painter's palette that has all of these different colors on it, and every gin is different, every one under the sun it's just it's a it's a great starting jump off point i mean we've worked with that for a long time so highlighting botanicals taking the simple syrup out but the botanical that we'll highlight next is elderflower and right. you know we'll use st germain instead and we'll use a little bit more um, st germain than than simple syrup just because it's a liqueur we, it's, it's not, a liqueur yeah. there's less sugar and we right. want to highlight the botanical mm-hmm. and the the guests are making the drink on their own the whole time, so I'm not making the drinks for them, which is so amazing for me that I'm not <laughs> making like 25 of the same cocktail for everyone times three in you know the duration of an hour while talking to them. So they get to they get to learn how to jigger, how to open up a shaker set, how to double strain, how to garnish, how to make sure their glass is cold. Um, and you know there's it's just one of those things that you see the light bulb like go off and we're, we do three drinks and they're all sort of smaller serves there's they're sort of popular and coupe glass that you'll see in a lot of cocktail bars nowadays um, and then the last one is is bringing out um, so we have orange peel that we'll bring out uh, via orange bitters uh, we'll top it with some uh, dry sparkling wine usually some kava and there's a lot of lemon peel that i get in in, in most dry drier sparkling wines so really bringing this approach that a lot of bartenders may start off or may still do when they're making a particular gin cocktail and um highlighting those botanicals and and sort of taking that evolution uh, journey with with uh two groups of 25 a night and it's a slam dunk it's so much fun that's really cool yeah it's like you'd think you'd think it'd be like when we were starting to plan this thing out i was like okay here's what we're gonna do we're gonna have one easy drink and then we're gonna have like we're gonna have like a station with like 50 different types of bitters and like tons of vermouths and amari liquid nitrogen yeah (laughs) we're gonna have like we're just they're, they're gonna go through so much we're gonna blow their minds and then we realize, well, one, all that stuff is really hard to ship and it's yeah. a pain in the ass to get. And two, um, it just you you can't you can't go above and beyond. If you if you start slowly, then you'll sort of plant that seed for a guest that may come to your bar at some time to know to be a bit savvier about what they want and why people make, make delicious cocktails yeah. and how they work. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah.
3: And, you know, with that being said, you know, it's that formula, that, that Gimlet formula, mm-hmm. too, it's, you know, learning the basics like that is so important for any bartender, you know, and a lot yeah. of them don't even know that, you know. It's like knowing uh, the balance of sweet and sour and then the balance with the actual alcohol. Yeah. It's like that was, that's a 200-year-old, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if mentioned. it
4: ain't broke, don't fix it, you know, exactly. and it's not. It's like it that works with so many classic cocktails that... Um, y- it's it's just it's it's remarkable about you know that's just a jump off point and you know I you know if if those people that are in the sessions at the academy if they want to go out and really develop their home bar and you know build cocktails if they want to build something that's in the sour category I suggest that they start that way and you know you can bounce off if it doesn't work so well
3: then you can throw some muddled cucumber in exactly. there that's exactly that's one of the things that uh, Hendrix is obviously very well known for, is the cucumber.
4: Yeah, so in every batch of Hendrix, we have um, an essence of cucumber and rose in it, and um, it's the juniper is dialed back uh, quite a bit more than we may expect in a more traditional London dry style of gin, where the juniper is pretty dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, um, we've got two different types of stills, and they're both 1,000-liter gin stills, so there, there's a lot of bigger gin stills out there, and... One of them has a, a, the, the botanicals in a neutral spirit, and water are placed in the macerate overnight, which is a more traditional way of making gin. That still dates back to the mid-1860s. And then um, the second still is a more modern style of gin still, where the botanicals don't actually go in the belly of the still. They sit up... Um, in what's called a flavor basket, so they're vapor-infused. So the two different styles of gin essence that you get, one is more viscous, oily, um, more robust, and juniper-spicier-driven, and the other is more floral, aromatic, more ethereal style of gin. We combine those two, and then we add an essence of cucumber and rose, because if you try to cook a cucumber (laughs) and rose— it doesn't taste so good. Uh, cucumbers taste like cabbage if you cook them, and um, we don't like making cabbage gin. We're into making Hendrix right. We're at our little distillery, and then roses—they're so delicate. They just kind of taste like chlorophyll. Um, so we'll we'll have an essence that we that we add after distillation process. Cool, man. Yeah, that's it's sort of like that's the gin in a nutshell. So Should we try one? Let's try one. Okay, so right. we have we have uh, a small. Um, dram of hendrix before us and um we are by no means challenged to drink all of this but um i don't know if any of you out there are akin to drinking warm gin in the afternoon as much as i am but um if you happen to have a glass and um a bottle i encourage you to join us yeah absolutely cheers
3: when we get back from the break we're going to talk more about hendrix gin and uh, we'll be sure to pour one for our producer Jack. <laughs> and we'll we'll talk more about the uh, the gin market today. And yeah. uh, and we'll probably have some more gin. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> All right, Sounds so. great. All right. Be back in a moment.
2: Squeezes me tight. Oh Lord, I love it so. And then she turns out the light. There ain't a cloud in sight. She
3: We are back. In the studio today, we have Jim Ryan, U.S. Ambassador for Hendrix Gin. We've just been talking about some of the fun events that Hendrix puts on, uh, also, cocktail classes for lucky uh, winners from a uh, call in. And um, we just left having a sip of the very delicious, very smooth Hendrix Gin. Mm. And, uh, you know, this was a gin that, when I first started bartending, i won't date myself uh because now it doesn't seem like okay it, I just oh man <laughs> but it's been a while that's what i'm trying yeah. to say um anyway so i first started bartending a while back and first time i tasted hendrix i you know i had that whole mental block of that a lot of people have uh, with gin and same as tequila you know mm-hmm. it's like you are used to having like really shitty tequila you know mm-hmm. when you were in like high school and then also i you know i remember like drinking gin and juice when doggy style dropped and uh, you know having bad like Seagram's gin with some like dull concentrate frozen yeah. juice mixture and <clears throat> uh, yeah <laughs> jack's saying thumbs down thumbs, but thumbs down you know he had a ton of it when he was growing. Oh, of course yeah. um but yeah jack our producer was saying before the show as well it's like you know when when You first try Hendrix Gin, it's one of those things that really breaks out that category for you because it's very smooth, very approachable. It's got these interesting botanicals, but a lot of people don't realize, and this is, they probably don't realize this about the gin category in general, is that where like a lot of vodkas and other spirits, rums in that cat and just in the US, they're pretty much standard at 80 proof, and Mm -hmm. Hendrix is at 88. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty common especially for like English gins to be, you know, uh, plummeting 82.4. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got you've got these different proof cata- proof levels for the different
4: gins and this one happens to be higher than most of them. But it, it's still it's still super smooth. It's up there. Um yeah, making gin is traditionally about taking a high proof spirit, flavoring it. Most usually all the ones the brands that we sort of just talked about redistilling that and getting a higher proof a high proof spirit from it um, that's, I, that's a better distillate. Um, it's, uh, I mean, I have the same story as probably anybody else under the sun starting out as, you know, as a youngster, uh, you know, that had just turned 21 bartending or, you know, doing something in this industry. And, um, I had miserable experiences with gin, most likely because it was, I'd uh, probably had one too many before I started drinking the gin, or I was drinking the wrong stuff, yeah. it, and it just wasn't what I really thought was good. I just was doing it because it seemed like it was the thing to do. Um, I, <clears throat> you know, because it's such a high proof spirit, something to consider is that it's it's not to be trifled with. It's something to sort of be honored and sort of like uh, appreciated in a slower manner. Um, but with this particular one um it's it's pretty remarkable like if you think about what the category was like a good um 10 11 years ago and if you were a bartender at any any decent restaurant bar um you'd probably have three bottles of gin on your back bar And one in the well. The one in the well, we won't even mention. I mean, who knows? There's, like, any given whatever name for it that's, you know, still probably in a lot of other wells. But, um, and you'd probably have a bottle of Tanqueray, a bottle of uh, Beefeater, and maybe a bottle of Bombay Sapphire, because Sapphire was kind of the first of this newer style of gin out there. And if you were hip enough, like, that would, you know, like, otherwise, you'd probably just have those other two. Mm -hmm. And... Generally speaking, the people that would drink it would be older dudes with big red noses or something, you know, and it was just not like it wasn't like the thing. But um, somehow along there, uh, when we launched this, um, one of the things that um, I noticed is that um, it's women enjoy this gin and men enjoy this gin. Mm -hmm. Women like it because it's got flowers in it. Guys like it because it tastes good. And maybe, probably girls like it because it tastes good too, let's hope. And maybe <laughs> guys like it because it has flowers in it, I don't know. But um, it, it's more approachable. And by law, and to do this is, there are different categories of gin. Um, you can make London dry gin on the moon if you can build a distillery there. You, it's just, there's there's sort of a regulation that was sort of dropped in 2008, Um in Europe as far as making gin and defining categories, mostly to protect protect uh London Dry category. Um, but and the the definitive sort of function in the in that category versus the category that Hendricks is in is that in a London Dry category you can't add any essences after the distillation process you can only add more alcohol and water in the distilled gin category that Hendricks is a part of you can add essences you can add alcohol you can add water and then um, obviously obviously Plymouth is its own appellation it's um, in that there's there's nothing added after aside from um, alcohol and water i'm not entirely sure i would imagine so that's pretty common because what comes off of a gin still is generally very very hot intensified Mm -hmm. spirit um and then there's just gin and that can be not redistilled but you can just like throw stuff in there and just you know call it gin and flavor it um, and then, of course, there's Geneva as well, which has its own appellation, too. So you can only make Geneva in, in Holland. So, um, and that's a more maltier style of uh, botanicalized juniper driven spirit. But the rule of thumb uh, by law, actually, is that juniper has to be the most dominant flavor right. in, in it to call it a gin. Now, and then kind of after that, you can do whatever you want. You can go more citrus heavy. It's your call. You know, yeah. yeah. So with this one, we really wanted to make something that was approachable and delicious, and um, you know, when we the, the, Hendrix is 11 years old, and, and and the US was the first market that we launched in, and um, you know, if you think about what was going on in the gin world 11 years ago, it was a pretty much a crapshoot. You had no idea if it was going to work, regardless of how good the stuff was. You know, like. And and other companies weren't coming out with new gins. This one, you know, nowadays the category has huge. has blossomed. It's been amazing. It's and and still, I attest that it's the more the merrier for for the likes of me. I'm like, yeah, you can. It gives me more to talk about. Really, uh, seeing seeing this category grow, um, you know, and it's it's great that you know Hendrix kind of got in sort of on an early stage, and people enjoy it you know or else who knows like it could have it could have it could have gone the other way where older older people would enjoy it or people that are a bit stuffier would enjoy it rather than um a a younger savvier crowd it seems like to me as a bartender you know from seeing what the customers Mm -hmm. order it's like it's really spread
3: across the whole yeah like every every age group you know every gender like people they all like it so yeah Congratulations!
4: Thanks. I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I can take credit for that at all. I just my my when I started with this, it's it. Their relation like this is a relation driven industry, and you know, if you're talking to your bartenders in a particular city, it's about building those relationships. Um, it, the same thing would would it att- would attest for the folks that may not be in this industry. The majority of everybody else out there yeah. um but i think it can be the relationship with with um a great cocktail too and that that is that's a great sort of vehicle to do it so rather than if you're not in the industry and you come to a hendrix event or you're invited to one um we might offer you a gnt but we also want to show you how other how other else this this can really be delicious and served, yeah. you know? And that's super important, especially so that there's not a distance between the guest and the bartender when, you know, while this cocktail explosion is going on, you're getting yourself closer to each other so you can grow together and help each other out. And yeah. I hope we did this a little bit with Hendrix, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah.
3: I think you have. I mean, it seems to me like the brand's going really well, you know? I mean, and also, like, one thing that we haven't talked about with the, with the gin is the yeah. packaging is... Awesome, and I think that's to me that was one of the things that's. I mean, you know, obviously it's the juice in the bottle, but sure. but the packaging alone uh, to me is something that stands out on the back bar. But yeah. also, eleven years ago when it dropped, it's like you know everyone it was all like vodka,
4: vodka mm-hmm. everywhere, and then you saw this like black Dark, squatty apothecary like yeah. frumpy looking bottle back like, there. What's that? Yeah, and uh, you know we wanted to sort of hearken back to a time when. Um, gin spirit or the botanicals that are involved in making gin um were used as an elixir. Now, I'm not going to go out there and say that drinking gin is good for you or anything. Mm-hmm. I can't really do that. Um <laughs> but um it's everything that is in a bottle of of gin is is for the most part real. And um those things historically were used for their medicinal properties at one point or another. Now, um, we wanted to sort of bring that sort of thought into this, into this pack. And, uh, it's a squat, uh, excuse me, a squat looking bottle that, you know, um, a, plenty of bartenders don't enjoy picking up because it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of wonky, but, um, um, it's definitely got a good footprint on a back bar as we yeah. like to say in the, in the business. And, it looks, yeah. there's. There's nothing else really that looks kind of like it with that dark bottle and the sort of diamond label, yeah. um, even now, which is great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well,
3: I um, hope to have you back on the show sometime. Yeah, this is fun. I That's really been like really this. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just want to say thanks again for coming on the show. My pleasure. Um, thanks, do you have any Hendrix events
4: coming up in the city? Uh, the city of New York. Actually, um, we're looking to do something in Brooklyn in mid-December that will be sort of like the circus coming to town. Um, <laughs> we'll have a lot going on. Um, that academy that I was talking about, will be doing um, in mid-November. So there's, I, I try to sort of stick around the city for the holidays just because there's so yeah. much going on. But um, if you write to HendrixGin.com or go to CucumberGin.com, it's the same website, just a different name. Uh, just write in and inquire about it, and, and we'll do our best to get to you in time. Excellent. Kay? But lots going on. Awesome. Yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> man, it's been my pleasure having you, on, you. on the show today, Jim. Uh, Jim Ryan, U.S. Ambassador for Hendrix Gin.
4: Thank you very much. All right. It was a lot of fun.
3: We'll talk to you next week right. on Speak. Yeah. Cheers.
2: That
3: Look at that look in his
2: eye Oh man, he's high Yes, higher than a kite That cat is high Look at that look in his eye Man, I wouldn't lie The cat's higher than a kite Now when you see him stumbling Up and down the street You know that cat's been drinking